Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. It is my pleasure to welcome my guest today, and that is Damie Torsiana. We are going to talk about living a courageous life. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm well, thank you, Jackie. It's just a privilege to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So I last year, I was asking all my guests a question about um, the pandemic, and I decided not to do that this year. So that's okay. We're just going to jump right into learning a little bit about yourself. So I'm really, really excited about the topic number one. I think this year, a lot of people are reevaluating their lives. You're looking at the, their path forward. I mean, we, we have this, um, this, what they call the great resignation right now. So I know, I think a lot of people are really looking to be more courageous in their lives around personal and professional choices. So I'm really looking forward to what you're going to share with us. But before we jump into some of those questions, Jamie, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally? Sure. I'm happy to start that way, Jackie. So personally, I was born and raised by two wonderful parents in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia. Uh, when I think about courageous leadership, I think my journey started at Villa Maria Academy High School, which is an all-girls Catholic high school where if you want to be captain of the chess team or lacrosse team or student council, it's going to be done by a female leader. So that was, I think, a really influential aspect of my development. I went on to Penn State for a uh, majored in kinesiology and sports medicine got my master's at East Stroudsburg University, and uh, I'm currently the mother of an 11-year-old girl, Allegra, which is both humbling and humorous at times. <laughs> and in terms of uh, personal choices and, and activities, I'm an active member in the Westchester Chamber of Commerce and sit on the board of directors at our local YMCA, where I uh, devote time to the Believe and Achieve Committee, focused on underprivileged youth and sending them to camp. And when I do have spare time, I compete in uh, triathlons and duathlons and just learned that I earned a spot on Team USA and will compete in Denmark here probably midway uh, 2022 throughout the year. Wow, that's awesome, Jamie. That's congratulations. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Or synonymous with crazy. I, I don't know which one, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, professionally, Jackie, since you asked, I think my career journey is best looked at as a patchwork quilt. And I think so, maybe that resonates with your audience members, because sometimes you might pick a major or a career um, and you don't understand how the fabric or the threads underneath are coming together. And mine's definitely, as I had time to zoom out, coming together like that quilt. So for a decade, you and I overlapped at a large major pharmaceutical company where I had the privilege of taking on commercial learning, operations, and marketing roles. And there I was engaged in a sales transformation effort that opened me up to some consulting vendors. 
And when I saw the impact of their work and the fact that we could save $700,000 annually, year over year, um, by this methodology, I fell in love with that and followed those vendors to two more consulting practices. And just last quarter of 2021, I acquired uh, exemplary performance from my mentor. That's awesome. So, so Jamie, I'm gonna, I have to dig a little bit more into a couple of things that you said. I'm going to actually start on the personal side. So with your undergrad major, what did you originally want to do? Oh, I was going to do uh, cardiac rehabilitation. I was going to rehab people that had had heart attacks. Um, and after testing them, putting them on treadmills, I thought this is, this is it. This and corporate fitness are just, it was a benefit people were extending to their employees. And I thought, wow, wellness and fitness are just so core value and critical to my being that I wanted to pursue that. And then I realized it wasn't a high paying field <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> so then that changed. Okay. <laughs> it changed, so what about I, you? Oh, oh, go ahead. I, I love the medical aspect and the diagnosis. So to do physical therapy is on the rehab end, but really I love the preventive piece. And I started actually working for cardiologists when I had graduated from my master's and I was at Philadelphia and Hahnemann and in the center city doing stress tests. So enamored by that. And my physicians pulled me aside and said, you know, you should pursue a career in medicine. And I thought, well, are you paying for med school? Cause that would be great. <laughs> to which point they said, no, no. So um, I took that medical background and knowledge and used it at AstraZeneca, you know, where you and I had had parallel orbits. Right. Okay. And then, oh my gosh, what a huge accomplishment, you know, you know, participating in triathlons. And now I know that there has to be a certain mental aspect that you have to tap into to be successful, to compete at that level and to even complete one. So why don't you walk the listeners through what you do to compete at that level? Because I'm just really inspired by athletes and just the, their mental state, the physical, what they have to go through to compete at that level. What do you do? That's a great question. And the competition is actually a small fraction of what has become a lifestyle for me. So when you show up and do a five hour race, that actually started probably the day after last year's race. If you qualified for a world's event or, or something of that nature, it is the preparation and it is all things coming together. When you talk about goal setting, when you talk about proper sleep, hydration, nutrition, your training, of course, and what that looks like, whether or not you pursue a coach, but the mental piece is um, a catalyst and really to your point supersedes the physical. It is that um, non-negotiables, what you're going to do for yourself and how you're going to build plans and contingency plans to do that. We have full-time jobs. <laughs> so if there's something that's going to, I've run uh, steps in hotels many a time when the hotel treadmill has been broken, um, just because I envision the folks that I'm racing against are training also. So there's a no excuse kind of mentality, but it's a passion and really uh, a discipline that I bring to my work. So it's, it's, it's inherent in who I am, um, but it is that focus. And um, there's a lot of body of research on flow and it's what you um, do to kind of trigger those activities where time slows down and you're just focused on one singular objective. And for me, it's not competition. It's beating my best, whatever that was. And that's so subjective that I wake up and have fun with myself every day because every day is a little bit different. 
Oh, wow. That's fantastic. And again, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank um, you. And now going back to the, the company that you purchased, recently purchased. So tell the listeners a little bit about what you do with your new organization, Exemplary Performance. Yes. So Exemplary Performance is a management consulting firm. And I like to say that we have the expertise in human performance. So my mentor, Dr. Paul Elliott, founded Exemplary Performance based upon the intense desire to improve an organization's bottom line and an organization results with the talent they have. So at the top of the call, Jackie, you mentioned the great resignation. So there's a talent shortage. People can't hire workers. Top performers are leaving. People are getting their itch to start their own thing. And really, we find that by studying the best within an organization, we're able to codify that, have a transferable model of expertise. And without hiring one additional headcount, we're able to impact the organization's bottom line because you have more people that are working like their star performers. So leaders these days, your audience specifically, Jackie, has a lot of tools of the, at their disposal to increase and impact the bottom line. We found the most cost-effective way, and we've done this with Fortune 100 and 500 companies, is to use their exemplars that have found a way around company systems and within the organizational culture to thrive. And when we bottle that, and spill that across the organization, well, then you have a model that inspires a new level of excellence in all. That's great. So what I hear you saying, it's really taking best practices from those high performers and then ensuring that the rest of the organization or the rest of the employees replicate that type of those type of behaviors. Exactly. And it goes a little quarter turn past behaviors and competencies because that's a huge HR component. Mm -hmm. But we actually look at what those folks produce. Okay. What they deliver in their job beyond just being hard worker, passion for customers, reports that are in on time without errors. Those are tangible things, but we look at actually what they produce to do their job so to a high degree. So you're you're spot on. Okay, excellent. And so we're going to we're talking about living a courageous life and you've had an amazing career and I know it probably was um probably a little scary probably to step out on your own and <laughs> And to start your, we'll, we'll buy this company, take over a company from one of your mentors. So what does it mean to you to, um, to live a courageous life? What does that mean to you, Jamie? That's a great and profound question, Jackie. And I think you and I are, are both fans of Brene Brown, who has plenty of topics on vulnerability and courage. So I'm not going to, I, I love her work um, and I would do it a disservice if I tried to emulate that. But to me, I think living a courageous life begins with being authentic and working towards a goal. So the beauty is what I've uncovered is that we all have it within us and it's a conviction to persevere and to pursue what matters to you, but all in service of a higher goal. And I think Jackie, just like I was thinking of, you know, police and firefighters being brave and courageous, there's also the flip side that you need to have a skill. So courageous means learning a skill and taking on risk um, without knowing the outcome. It's, it's very, it has a lot of uncertainty with it. Um, and I think it means for me, at least a courageous life is being vulnerable and being open with what's not working well. And, you know, to borrow language from Adam Grant, who's right down the road here, a, a professor at uh, Wharton, 
you know, it's a willingness and a desire to learn and unlearn and relearn. So it doesn't mean by any means that a courageous life doesn't mean you don't feel fear or doubt. (laughs) In fact, that's often the motivator and your internal compass to know that you're leading a life of courage. And I think that's what it means, means to me. That's great. And I'm familiar with Adam as well. And I like his work also. I've listened to several podcasts. He's actually been on Brene Brown, her podcast as well. So yeah, I'm familiar with his work also. So what steps did you take, Jamie, to um, to start your own business or to take over this business? What are some of the, the actionable steps that you took? That's that's another great question, Jackie. And I'll, I'll zoom out and say the general steps and then the specifics. So the general is you know, Dr. Elliot had been talking about this. This was an idea of his that I would work with him for a while. So I first went to my trusted network and I'm like, do you believe this? Like this is on the table. Is that, and anyone and everyone that I asked in my trusted network said, are you kidding? My dad's like, you're five years too late. I had a shingle, you know, for, for an office, for a building that you would have. And, you know, it's about time. So I think that's something about courage too. Maybe others see it in you before you might see it yourself. Um, And a general attribute, also an action that I took is to learn. So to decrease risk and uncertainty, I will learn. Voracious reader, listen to podcasts when I run and when I train. Um, And I think that's a generic step to take if you're unsure about what to do next. I'm a prayerful person. So I did offer up kind of stormed heaven with a lot of intentions to say, what are my next steps? Is this right? So whether it's God, universe, whatever that larger connectedness and you're looking for guidance. It's, a, it's amazing what people and things come into place when I think you're, you're vulnerable in that way. And uh, I, would, I would suggest buying a, a deodorant that works because there were certain situations. I did change brands during this time because it's a very um, ebb and flow and nerve wracking experience, but specifically Jackie to start my own business Um, I determined the LLC or the operating structure that I wanted for the company, whether it's partnership LLC, it has just tax implications. I obtained a lawyer, a business bank account, and an accountant, wrote a business plan, a marketing plan, had to do some logo redesign work and a website refresh, all while onboarding a client. So this all happened since Q4 of last year and learned how to be published in a peer-reviewed journal. So all of that were new skills and new experience for, for me. But the key is others have paved the way. So there were mentors in each area of those aspects that were able to help me and kind of shine a light on what the next steps would be. But those are the specific te- steps that I took that lead me to today. That's great. Yeah, and it's definitely obviously a lot that someone has to learn when stepping into their own business. And Congratulations and kudos to you for taking those steps. So what, during this process, I'm sure we would love to say that this process probably went completely smooth, no challenges along the way, right? But (laughs) that's not life in general, right? (laughs) So what are some challenges that you have faced along the way and how have you overcome those challenges? I think there are several challenges, Jackie, that probably every leader faces that might resonate with your audience. So the first is, As a business leader now, as compared to an individual contributor or someone leading high-performing teams, I have to now balance working on the business versus in the business. So I love what I do. And for the past 10 years, I've been a technician. I've been honing the expertise. I've been working and honoring my craft. 
And now I have to lift up of maybe some of that direct client work and work on the operations and make sure business development is happening, keeping the pipeline full. And to go through that, um, mentors have helped me immensely. So Dr. Elliot is still very much involved in the business. Um, It was his own for years. So he's able to help me with the vision direction and some of those activities. The second thing is finding and growing great talent, right? It's, and we're seated here in this great resignation again, um, and that's proving difficult for folks. So I have supplemented people on my staff where I have the greatest vulnerabilities or lack of interest or aptitude. So my question is, how do I help someone that's very skilled in a specific set um, that is not my own? How do I lead them to their growing edge? At Exemplary Performance, we only attract and work with exemplars. So when I hire for my weaknesses, you know, how do I ensure that person's progressing in their role? So I think uh, business partners have definitely helped me with that because we supplement if clients need things, and that's been very beneficial. And the third is I've been doing this work a long time. And in the realm of organizational psychology, I'm curious and always challenging myself to say, how do we scale this with technology and AI that might be available? So I think um, that's definitely an aspect that's been a challenge to vet proper tools that won't diminish the customer experience. And that to navigate through that is just learning knowledge um, and acquiring new information. But no, it hasn't all been rosy or, yeah. <laughs> or <smooth> travels. <laughs> but you you are pushing past those challenges and you're moving forward, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, if you think about others out there that want to live a courageous life, and I'm going to do this in two parts. One, a general answer to this to anyone who wants to live a courageous life, but then I want you to hone in on women and you know, specifically, because I do think there's certain things that women have to overcome and think through than than men do. So first is advice to individuals who want to live a courageous life and then more specifically for women. Okay, for sure. Um, I think first, very generally, it's find and follow your passion. I remember as a teenager reading, I think it was Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. Oh, yes. Stan, what do people that are wired like me get? Like, what are my gifts to give that I can uniquely, you know, solve a problem and be an attribute? And uh, probably within the past three or four years, I've read Stephen Cope's The Great Work of Your Life. So if you're not sure what your passion is, um, I would say, ask yourself the question, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And that's a good indicator to say, wow. And also, how are you feeling? Do you have regrets? Maybe some of your biggest regrets, they're often regrets of inaction, not actions that you took and and failed and learned and had a misstep. It's often what you didn't pursue. And I think for me, Jackie, I know I'm being courageous if I feel that uh, pit in the bottom of my stomach, my hands start to sweat. And I, you know, and it's the same feelings as excitement sometimes. So I just paused on the run the other day to think, wow, isn't that something that there, I don't know, neurophysiology, you know, or what's going on from a biologic perspective, but they feel the same to me. And I think that means maybe you're on the right track. The second thing would be start small. I believe, and I think I found through this situation that confidence and competence and courage become this feedback loop. So when you take next steps, new steps open up to you, you can walk on your own two feet. You're not as shaky anymore. You learn with competence, new skills, you have confidence in how far you've come. And that brings courage to do the next step, which might be a little bit bigger. I think 
For women in particular, and that's an interesting question because if we're too assertive, that has negative connotations. And I think there's some self-image there. I would say we have to give and extend ourselves grace and we have to be kind to ourselves. So I'm someone with high expectations, higher than I have of anyone around me. They're just personal to me. And sometimes I would beat myself up through this process. How didn't I know this? Or, you know, what's coming next? And I just paused to say, how could I beat this hard on myself if I'm doing the best that I that I can? I'm a mom, I'm a partner, I'm a business person, I'm a triathlete. We have all these things going on. And I think if you if someone came to you, if your best friend came to you with that and you would say, well, of course, you would extend the same grace. But I don't think as women, we do that for ourselves. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think we tend to be our, our worst critic, you know, of ourselves. And you know, there's something that um, that I've always heard that just really resonates with me regarding men versus women. They'll talk about how a man will look at a job description and say, you know, I have 25% of what's required. A woman will look at that same job description and will say, and he'll still go for the job. The woman will look at that same job description and say, oh, I only have 25%, so I'm not going to go for it. So I do think that sometimes we are our own worst critics. So I, I really admire you for the work that you are doing, Jamie. And I'm sure that you're going to inspire other people as well, because you're doing some very, very co- courageous things, both, I would say, both personally and professionally, which is is really exciting, really exciting. So we're going to shift gears for a moment. Jamie, I'm going to ask you a few fun questions and then we'll, I'll follow up with um, some, a few final questions. Okay. Okay. So the first fun question is what food could you never give up? Oh, ch- uh, flourless chocolate cake. And that's a fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I've tried before and cannot. You okay. <laughs> Um, next one is what was your favorite toy as a kid? Oh, etch a sketch. Oh wow! Oh yes, I remember those. <laughs> yeah, I well, some of your listeners may not, but that was the two dials. You could create yeah. something, and then just with sand, you could shake it and start anew. And isn't that what we do? Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And my last one is, if you could bring back any style of clothing, what would it be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great one. And I'm not very fashion forward. Um, (laughs) I would say the unit belt, because I got mileage out of that. So I don't know if folks will remember what that is, but that was like a thick belt of material, but you could wind it up and it could be a scrunchie (laughs) as a bracelet. I mean, it was as versatile, it was as, you know, MacGyver-ish as an article. (laughs) And what was it called? (laughs) The unit belt. Oh, wow. I don't think, I don't think I had one. (laughs) Uh, I had one in bright pink. In fact, my mom might still have it in the basement. So. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's great. Hey, Jamie. Well, a few more questions before we end our conversation. Um, You talked a little bit earlier about mentors that you have, but could you expand a little bit more on the support system that is needed for people to live a courageous life? Happy to. And it's funny because I was getting my hair done and my stylist, we've been friends since high school. So he's always done my hair. And I told him about this potential business venture. And he said, oh, you're going to realize the value of the village. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, 
you need experts in all areas. Like that's how we function. That's how we thrive. So when you talk about the accountant, financial planner, you want to find the best in search engine optimization because our website's up and running and refreshed and um, even your network outside. So you can just decompress. Uh, so whether it's, you know, the ride leaders at the Westchester Cycling Club or my track workout friends, you need that support network. Now, every sailboat, I think, needs to go to that safe harbor for mending. And my parents, who were entrepreneurs also and small business owners in, a, in our town, um, are very similarly minded to me. So my brother challenged me and he's like, it's kind of like an echo chamber. When I hear your conversations with mom and dad, like everything's so positive and yes, you're on the right track. So I do think it's important, Jackie, and your listeners probably have done this is to surround yourself folks that will also challenge your assumptions also, but do it in a constructive way. So my better half for the past 10 years, Mike, He's that one that questions and is a little bit more introspective. He has strengths that are so complementary to mine. And, you know, we'll carve out time because there's a time and a place when you want to hear some maybe rough feedback. <laughs> um, but he'll he'll just challenge that and challenge my thinking. And the intention is good. So um, I do believe a strong support network is essential, but not just folks that will, will echo or, or mimic. And so people that will listen to you, but also help you think a little differently about possibilities or how to go about accomplishing a certain goal. I think that is, I agree with you. I think that is absolutely important. And I also think that's a huge value that people need to think about when they're talking to someone else, because sometimes people feel a little uncomfortable to share a different perspective or to try to make someone think. But I think when someone finds that confidant that is willing to do that, it definitely does help both individuals, the person that is giving the, the thoughts or perspective, as well as the person that they're giving it to. So Absolutely. And know what you're asking for. So I will ask people very pointedly, this is where I'm headed. What am I missing? And mm -hmm. someone in my network, I said, I am picking you because we think very differently. Do I yes. always agree? No. Are they hard conversations? Yes. But he knows that when the phone rings, I'm coming in to him because I know he's going to challenge and make me think broadly and, yeah. and give me a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And what are the, Jamie, so you definitely are living a courageous life, like, like I mentioned. What, do, what have you found to be some of the benefits for, for yourself? And what would you say to our audience could be the benefits to them to really take this dive, the steps to really live a courageous life? I think the benefits, and they're still unfolding for me in, in my journey, but hopefully it inspires and lifts others up. I want to be a role model to my daughter. Some of my neighbors that we got to see over the holidays, they said, that inspires me. Like that is, that is courageous. I am having different conversations in my family because of what you and I have talked about. And when I look just since the fourth quarter of last year in this business venture, I've had so many different experiences and skills, not necessarily gained yet, but they're attempted. <laughs> Maybe I'll get to gaining them, but the growth has been something that I couldn't have foreseen uh, and maybe would have been daunting if it were all laid out for me. So as a lifelong learner and someone that loves to grow and develop, that's definitely a benefit because I wouldn't have entertained all of these new skills. And I think there's a happiness that people can look forward to because you're authentic, you're living out your best life and what you're called to do, whatever that is. 
Um, so is it successful or not? We can revisit this and have another chat in a year or two, Jackie, but hopefully success will follow because I believe, you know, courage and conviction, you're moving in that area of, of your passion. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, you think about the life that we've been given, we are all here for a purpose. And I know that everyone is so much happier when they're living that purpose. You know, I was actually interviewing someone today for a role that I have, and they were saying that they do their best work when they're doing something they enjoy. And that's right. That's just a given. So when we're doing, we're doing our best work when we tap into what we really enjoy doing. And and sometimes that means being courageous and saying no to certain things and saying yes to others. Yeah. That's um, right. So a couple more questions. One just came to mind that I do want to touch on, Jamie, is, you know, as a business owner, as a mother, as a triathlete, how do you balance it all? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a question, right? And balance is uh, subjective. So I laid out those cards. That is who I am and what I do. And that's pretty much all who I am and what I do. So if it's not one of those things, I'm not your girl. And that's okay, because I think to be good, we have to be selective, Um, And I'm okay with prioritizing that. Now, does the shoe drop? Yes. If I have a great business meeting, um, Mike and I have a great conversation. We're helping each other through business things. You know, not to say I missed the school play, but, uh, you know, am I missing to sign an important, you know, field trip permission slip or something? Like something's going to fall through the cracks. Um, But my whole goal and drive is to be better than I was yesterday. It's a goal doesn't always happen. Um, But I do bend time (laughs) because I do um, practice again, those principles of flow. So I'm up earlier than most people. I do stay up late just to read and consume and learn and grow. So I've have managed that um, time management. Um, But it's, it's the pure joy that drives me. And I think it's only those select few things. So if there's something else that were to come up, maybe writing a book, which I have aspirations to do, it's not in the cards right now, but I'll know it when I, when it is. So you mentioned earlier, can you expand on the, you said following flow. What does that mean? Can you explain that? Sure. So flow is a principle and Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi is the grandfather of flow and he passed away in October. Mm -hmm. Um, An organizational psychologist of sorts started this positive psychology movement. But flow is really that experience. And when I say it, you'll probably say, oh, yeah, where time slows down, you have a singular focus, your sense of self dissipates and you're doing activity for the sheer enjoyment of doing it. And usually you're thrown a little bit out of your comfort zone. They say 4% of it is challenge, where there's a challenge to skills ratio. So think of learning something new, you know, playing uh, pickleball for the first time. You might be frustrated. You might, if you then eventually practice and enjoy that and enjoy that experience, you can get into flow. So there are principles, and I went through training. The Flow Research Collective is a great resource for this where you can put your body drop into flow by understanding your rhythms, when you work best, how you prioritize your work, how you focus. And it's been shown that you can increase productivity by doing that and having those attributes and those practices. A lot of which helps me in sport, sleep, hydration, nutrition, having goals, articulating the sub goals. So it's a, it's a, it's a philosophy, but Dr. Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi found that 
when he initially did this research, Jackie, he had people carry pagers. And when they were hitting their pagers, he would say, what activity are you doing? Write a journal entry down and tell me how happy you are. So flow corresponds with happiness because people, when they're absorbed and in total rapture of whatever activity that is, and it's unique to you, you're at your happiest. So I have three things that make me happy. It's my work. It's my relationships here in the home and it's triathlons. So that's how you're able to to bend time and really um, excel in those few things. A lot of it, it sounds like it's around self-awareness. A big piece of it is around self-awareness, sounds like. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I had not heard of that principle before. So very, very interesting. All right, Jamie, just a couple of more questions here. What is the best advice that you have been given to live a courageous life? The best advice probably has come from my dad, which is do your best. And we support you and we love you no matter what, but do your best, whatever that looks like today. I think if you're unsure of what is the next step, um, do good because doing good is usually what's also right. And I think um, I've always grown up where it's okay to ask for help. If you're struggling, say something, ask for help because the quicker you'll get a resolve and you'll realize that you're in a whole bunch of company of people that need the same help. So don't be afraid to ask for help and always do your best. Great. And what is your favorite quote? My quote always has been, and we use this in our company a lot. So you'll see it on the website. It's by Aristotle. And he says, we are what we repeatedly do. Mm. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Absolutely. I, I love that quote. And it is so true. It is so true. So Jamie, how can people get in contact with you? Good question, Jackie. So we could probably put my email or contact information in the podcast notes. Yep. Uh, I, I am on LinkedIn. Um, our exemplary performance website is just at exemplaryperformance.com. And we will be at a speaking engagement for the International Society of Performance Improvement in April in Nashville, Tennessee. So if that reaches your listeners and they're going to be there, would love to go for drinks or dinner and and meet up. So that's a way to meet me. But email for sure. And LinkedIn, I'm very responsive on those platforms. Absolutely. And definitely we will provide, I will provide your contact information in the show notes. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your words of wisdom around how to live a courageous life and congratulations to you on all of your success. I'm really inspired by the work that you're doing and I'm super excited to hear your journey um, as you are a new business owner and I know you're going to be extremely successful. So Jamie, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Jackie. It was an honor and a blessing. Appreciate it.